Crossroads Initiative Crossing Borders podcast. This is Miriam Jalali, your podcast host. Today we will be talking with a guest from the period chapter at the University of Central Florida. And without further ado, I will let them introduce themselves. All right. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Um, my name is Isha Gosalker, and I am a senior at University of Central Florida. Um, so me and um, Radhika Desai co-founded Period at UCF in 2019 so it's crazy to think we've come so far um but yeah i'm here to just talk about periods and what we've done so far awesome it's so good to have you and i'm so excited to learn more about you and your chapter so just to start us off and get more um background on the period chapters how did the period chapters and your period chapter specifically originate yeah, so Period is a national organization. So it's a 501c3 nonprofit that was started in 2014 um, by someone named Nadia Okamoto. She's actually really cool. She um, was on Forbes 30 Under 30. And basically, I think from what I've heard and what I've learned about her, um, she actually kind of had the experience of being in a situation where she was, you know, um, experiencing homelessness and housing insecurity. And I think just from her experience of that, she noticed that just in general, um, when you do do any kind of drives or you know work with homeless shelters, something that's really overlooked is donating pads and tampons. Um, and not only was that something she saw, but from speaking to other people, she definitely saw that there was a need to kind of bring that up as a topic and kind of do something to improve the situation of period inequity. So that's kind of how period originated. And I think since then, it's really grown. If you follow them on Instagram, actually, they have a really wide chapter network. So there's chapters, middle school, I think high school, college, that all kind of work to kind of combat period poverty and work on education in their own way at their their school or their community. Wow, that's so cool. I never knew about like the like origin story. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, and then what made you want to fight about periods specifically? Because I know there's like so many different issues you could like fight for. And this one's like really interesting and unique. So what made you choose this one? Yeah. So, um, so as someone who is Indian American, I think when I first heard about period, I actually was not even trying to find it. Um, I'm actually applying to medical or I'm going to medical school next year. So I'm very interested in like health and just talking about different like health inequities. So um, I initially came across period because there was another girl who was Indian American talking about her experience and how growing up, it was really taboo for her to discuss periods at home. And she couldn't talk about it because her brothers would hear or her dad would hear. Um, and personally, for me, that was something that really, really resonated. I also had a very similar experience growing up. I wasn't allowed to go to the temple. And I think I kind of took a lot of these things at face value. But I realized how frustrating it was. And like, I didn't agree with it. And I didn't think it was cool. Um, so I think it was nice to hear someone talk about it that openly for the first time and share that. And just kind of seeing around the room how many people had similar stories to that. Um, I think that really clicked for me. And I realized that that's definitely something that is a huge healthcare inequity and periods and reproductive health are often talked about, but even within reproductive health, periods is less discussed. So I think just kind of seeing that in the more cultural aspect and my interest in medicine, I think it just worked together. And I think I, I just fell in love with periods mission.
Wow, that's so powerful and so true because I feel like so many people who menstruate have that same like exact experience but we're so used to it that we just accept it so it's really like amazing to see you take action and then I heard you mention um, about health inequity so what are some of the barriers people face when trying to access menstrual hygiene products? Yeah so I think it kind of it's it is pretty broad so we think about I think people that go to school and I think that's where probably a lot of us are age range wise Um, a lot of people that don't have the means to buy period products. First of all, they're super, super expensive, right? And I think I personally have been very privileged and I've never really had to think about it. And I think when I first started getting involved with period and like looking at prices and realizing just how expensive it is, you realize there's so many families all over the globe that have to choose every month if they put food on the table, if they, you know, get other necessities or if they get period products. So because of that, a lot of people use rags and paper towels and other really unhealthy, unsanitary ways to manage their period. Um, so I think obviously finance is a really, really big barrier to access. Um, and it's a really vicious cycle as well, because, you know, again, that kind of route to going up that socioeconomic ladder is education. Um, but if you are bleeding and you don't have those period products, there's a huge you know, connection within access to products. And missing school because people and kids and menstruators don't want to go to school or don't want to go to work when they're free bleeding and don't have any period products. So it's a kind of a vicious cycle where you feel like you can't get out of it. Um, And I think that along with the fact that there's such a perpetuated stigma around menstruation makes it really, really difficult to improve access. Um, You know, it's really hard to go up to your boss or your teacher and say like, hey, I don't have a, you know, a pad or a tampon. Can I get one? Or I have really bad menstrual cramps. Can I go home? Um, Because no one really, not my sexual education teacher, I don't think any of yours have really told me that you can do that and that it's okay to discuss your period. So um, to kind of summarize and answer your question, but I would say definitely economics is a huge aspect. And I think the stigma makes it really hard to break out of that rut as well. Yeah, absolutely. And um, on the topic of kind of stigma, how does the lack of menstrual hygiene education lead to stigma around this issue? I'm glad you asked that. So we, um, I'm actually really passionate about this in specific. So we at our chapter every semester do like a revamp of sexual education um, because a lot of us, like I'm personally not from Florida, I'm from Michigan, and a lot of people at UCF are from like southern states. And even the way we like the difference in the way we were taught sexual education is so, so different. Um, Like I remember for me, the only thing that I was taught is like, you know, periods are something you go through, but not really like how to manage it and that it just helps you kind of have babies in the future. But like nothing else about like differences in pain or different options for period products um, and all of that. So I think it's really, really sad how little we learn about it and how little that education is kept up with. Like I just learned about, I think in like fifth grade and then like once in ninth grade and like that was it. But periods are such an ongoing process that I feel like you need to keep learning, need to keep educating yourself and others. Um, So I think, you know, in schools, especially the lack of education makes it really hard for menstruators to go outside of school and kind of get those products, know where they can get, you know, free products or get resources. Um, 
and really kind of stand up for what they need and like the products that they need. So I think in general, the first step would really be to start at school level and to work on improving education. Cause I think most of what I've personally learned has been from other people, been from, been from social media. Um, and I think like the biggest thing is like pain is something that's so hard to talk about, especially with like, you don't know if your cramp is normal or not. And you don't know if like this amount of pain is normal. I think because of that, a lot of period disorders are undiagnosed um, because no one has ever told them that it's not like normal to pass out in the shower when you're on your period. But so many people actually do experience that. So um, I think it definitely would be like education is like the root of the problem. Yeah, seriously, even just from like talking for like a few minutes today, I've already learned more, which yeah. is crazy because I feel like at, when we were learning about it in school, they kind of just tell you what it is and it's like figure it out. Right. So yeah, I really love like all the points you brought up. And then in reference to assembly bill number 367, and this is a bill for California specifically, which this bill like mandates free menstrual products in public restrooms at schools. So why do you believe this is important to be implemented in schools around the nation since we were just talking like about schools and period products? So actually, um, kind of as like a segue, but so many universities, my, UC my UCF included, um, have free condoms like all over campus. Like I was at the gym yesterday and in the gym, they had a poster of locations for free condoms ridiculous like it's literally ever i mean great safe sex practices that's awesome but something like condoms are so normalized but pads and tampons for some reason cannot be given like that to me is ridiculous they're so related but to people it seems like they're very different so um to kind of your point i think it's definitely something that we need to be working on um and i think there's honestly a lot that we can do at like a legislative level personally i'm not like the most informed about politics i will totally say that um but i know even like at a school level at a university level like recently i'd say in like the past three four years at our university um i think right now there's about four bathrooms that have free products they're trying to work on that increased funding and that was just from like sga student government working hard to do so um and i think the biggest thing is when you go to a bathroom and you have free products right when you have the trash can where you can throw away pads or tampons and those things are there, it's normalized. I think for people, it also reduces the stigma. It's not a big deal. It's like, you know, toilet paper. Um, actually, a really cool campaign I saw. I don't know if I can, you know, I don't know if the video is still out there. was actually done by National Period where in men's bathrooms, um, on the toilet paper dispenser, they put, you know how for pads and tampons, usually you have to put in like a quarter? They did the same thing for toilet paper and all the men were like really confused. They've never seen it before. And that's why the whole kind of purpose of what that was like, imagine going to the bathroom, not having a quarter and needing a pad or tampon, yeah. just like toilet paper is a necessity. So is a pad or tampon. So I thought that was really cool. And I think it kind of goes to show that periods are still not something that are normalized and pads and tampons aren't considered necessity, which really sucks. Um, but definitely something we should be working towards. Yeah. And oh, my God, I love that like right. campaign. That's like so genius and yeah. kind of really shows how the circumstances that people who menstruate like have to go through. Um, and then just to talk a little bit more about your chapter, because I like love everything I'm learning about. Are there any specific projects or activities that you guys have done and would like to highlight? Um, yeah, I think 
kind of like I mentioned, um, sexual education is definitely something that we've talked about a lot and not just with periods, but also just reproductive health in general. We talk a lot about being sex positive and being informed um, because again, that was something that I didn't learn in school. And as an Indian American person, I definitely did not learn at home and maybe other people did, I just didn't. So that's one thing we've been really focused on. Something kind of cool we did um, last semester is we partnered with a fraternity on campus and we basically got a period pain stimulator and all the boys were like testing it out to like feel what it's like to get a period. And it was super cool um, because I think a big aspect of period stigma also comes from the fact that not only are we not educated, but the other half of the population that's not menstruating is also not educated. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I think it's really frustrating when you are someone that menstruates and you hear jokes like, oh, she's probably PMSing or this and that. But yes. in reality, a lot of it is just that no one's ever taught them otherwise. They have no idea what a period actually is. They have no idea where a tampon goes. So we really try to focus on that aspect too, where we talk about periods from someone, someone's perspective that doesn't menstruate and educate them in a way that, you know, don't, you know, call them out, call them in, try to help them because a lot of people are actually really trying to learn, but don't have an avenue to do that. And I think that's a way that we can all like do a small part in combating the stigma, right? Like educate your brother, your friend, your guy friend, someone who doesn't menstruate um, and just like tell them a few things. And I feel like just that is like one or two less jokes they make that year, which is great progress. Um, did I, sorry, what was your, I completely forgot what your question was. But no, yeah. no, you got it right on. We were just talking about some like specific things that you've done in your chapter. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the other, other thing I'll say is um, we fundraise a lot for pads and tampons and donate to a homeless shelter in downtown Orlando. Um, and I think one thing we really tried to do, and I think it's kind of our thing, our chapter's thing, is in each, basically in a brown paper bag, we put enough products that are enough for one cycle, which is what all chapters do. Um, but one of our directors actually came up with this really cool idea of a paper period tracker, because most of us track our periods on like an app or like some kind of like website, mm -hmm. but a homeless menstruator might not have access to that. So you basically put like a little calendar where they can track it on their own and feel more empowered because that's what we're here to do is empower other people who are menstruating. So I think that's really our thing. That's so awesome. That's so cool. Yes. And I love like the perspective you've given, like a lot of the time, like a stigma or like the jokes come from a lack of understanding. And that's like, you've hit the spot like right <laughs> on there. Um, and then just to close out and leave our audience with a little bit piece of information, what are some things people can implement in their lives to help achieve period equity? Um, I think talking about equity in a slightly different kind of perspective, um, throughout this podcast, I really tried to use the word menstruator instead of women, um, which I think is a really small thing we can do to like promote period equality and being inclusive. So um, not all women menstruate and not all menstruators are women. So again, it's something that I was never taught until I kind of got involved with period. But using the word menstruator can actually make a really big difference. And I think just goes to show that, um, you know, it is a very like trans you know, intersectional issue. Um, so I definitely think that's one thing. I think the second thing is just being aware of your privilege and knowing that for you, it might be really easy to access 
pads or tampons, but it's not like that for everyone. Um, so do whatever you can to help the issue, whether it's educating a friend, that's great, that helps. Um, maybe it's donating extra pads that you don't use to the homeless shelter. Um, maybe it's, you know, making sure that your teachers, you're not afraid to go up to them and say, hey, you know, I have to go to the bathroom. I have a pad or tampon. Don't hide it in your jacket. Don't hide it in your shoes or anything like that. Um, because again, they're really, really small things. But, you, you know, when you do it, someone else sees you and they become a little bit more confident to do the same. So I think that would be my advice. That's a great advice. And I'm definitely going to like think about it and take some of that. Um, thank you so much for being here today. I feel like like I have learned so much and I'm so excited for everyone else to listen to this podcast because you literally gave such an amazing perspective and like answered all these questions amazing and you've given us so much information which I'm so grateful for thank you so much yes thank you so much for having me and um hopefully you guys all learned something but once again you guys are doing great work it's so awesome that you guys showcase different projects like this so thank you for having me yeah of course it was my pleasure Thank you.